Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. returns to the besieged Hong Kong Polytechnic University after days of violent clashes between activists and riot police. Joel Caballero tells us police call for a peaceful end to the standoff. The days-long standoff at a besieged Hong Kong University now showing signs of ending. The Polytechnic University was relatively calm Friday in stark contrast to the intense violence that broke out on its grounds a few days ago. From hundreds, the number of protesters who remain holed up inside the campus dwindled down to a few dozen. They don't want to surrender for fear of being arrested. Hong Kong police urged the remaining protesters occupying the campus to leave with the promise that they won't arrest the minors. But in fact, we always would like to end this um, incident by uh, peaceful means. And for all other people, when they come out, we will deal with them as usual, and we will deal with them uh, um, impartially. The district council elections in the city is due on Sunday, but the recent escalation of violence amid months of unrest has raised fears that the vote might have to be postponed. The protests snowballed from June after years of resentment over what many residents see as Chinese meddling in freedoms promised to Hong Kong when the former British colony returned to Chinese rule in 1997. The pro-democracy movement in Hong Kong has drawn massive support from the international community, including the U.S. In fact, U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has signed the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act backing anti-government protesters in the city. The measure aims to put the city's special trade treatment by the U.S. under tighter scrutiny by certifying at least once a year the global trade hub retains enough autonomy from Beijing. The violent attacks against students at Hong Kong Polytechnic University have shocked us all. In America, if America does not speak up for human rights in China because of commercial issues, we lose all moral authority to speak about human rights anywhere in the world. U.S. President Donald Trump is expected to sign the bill, a move that could further complicate ties between Washington and Beijing. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi told former U.S. Defense Secretary William Cohen the American lawmakers' passing of the bill is a stark interference in China's internal affairs. Aside from political tensions, the two economic giants are locked in a brutal trade war which they aim to end through a so-called phase one trade deal. Joel Caballero, ABS-CBN News. European governments urged to seize a so-called moment of opportunity presented by global trade tensions and technology disruption. That call made by no less than European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde during her first policy speech. Lagarde says the Eurozone should strengthen domestic demand to withstand weakness abroad. She also reaffirms the ECB's commitment to maintaining an accommodative monetary policy stance. The answer lies in converting the world's second largest economy into one that is open to the world, for sure, but that is confident in itself. An economy that makes full use of Europe's potential to unleash higher rates of domestic demand and longer-term growth. As laid out in the ECB forward guidance, 
monetary policy will continue to support the economy and respond to future risks in line with our price stability mandate. And yes, we will continuously monitor the side effects of our policies. Here at home, Philippine shares paired losses at the close to finish the day slightly higher amid global trade worries. But as Michelle Long tells us, the local market still posted a second weekly loss. Philippine shares make a last-minute U-turn to finish flat for the day, even as overseas funds continued to net-sell the local bores. The index falling over 1% in earlier trade, even retesting 7,700 at one point. Technical analyst Bonner Detox says there may be some more way to go south. The index could be going down anytime soon. So uh, it needs to retest 7,530. Hopefully it doesn't break that, but we really can't see. And once it does break 7,530, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to see a target, a downside target of 6,700. Something very similar to what happened back in 2007-2008 where uh, we just uh, were in the midst of uh, a bearish pattern uh, at the end of 2007 and that's what we're doing now uh, by the end of this year. We're, we're trying to complete a bearish head and shoulders. Detox says, well, we are nowhere near the 2008 global financial crisis, what appears to be a prolonged trade war between the U.S. and China will continue to keep a lot of investors on a risk-off mode. For the day, the PSC index settled at 78.24, notching a second weekly loss. We've hit uh, into the low of, uh, at 7.708. So this level is already at the support Support, uh, support zone between the 7.5 to 7.7. So we've seen uh, buying flows at, at this price point. So I think uh, buyers saturate at this level. The so 7.5 and 7.7 level is a critical support level for index. So if we break down below that level, we could probably test our, our low for the year at 6.8, 6.7. It's been quiet, especially on the disclosures front, an indicator that the busy earnings season has indeed ended. Meantime, Dennis Oy's Phoenix Petroleum is setting up a new subsidiary to manage and operate its road transport business. It's investing 57 million pesos in whole or in part as initial capitalization. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. Local conglomerates paint a rosy picture of the Philippine economy despite a gloomy outlook from the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. As Ron Cruz tells us, even Japanese firms in the country are saying business is doing well. The global economy growing at its slowest pace since the 2008 financial crisis as governments rely on central banks to revive investment. That's according to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, or OECD, which expects the global economy to grow by 2.9% this year and the next. It says global GDP would go back to 3% again by 2021, but only if a range of risks, such as trade wars and a sharp slowdown in China, are contained. Despite global growth concerns, Philippine conglomerate Ayala Corporation remains bullish about its overseas expansion. Ayala Corp plans to invest up to 12 billion pesos or $237 million under a strategic partnership with Myanmar's Yoma Group. 
It's poised to become the largest Filipino investment in the Southeast Asian nation. It even believes countries in Southeast Asia can benefit from the U.S.-China trade war. We think very strongly that Southeast Asia can stand to benefit from all these geo geopolitical tensions. Uh, we're already seeing uh, that type of activity in Vietnam, even here in the Philippines, where you have some manufacturing deciding to uh, locate here or co-locate here. Uh, and so it's, it's a good time to invest in the region. Uh, we think it's, uh, again, it's a young, vibrant market. The Aboitis Group, another local conglomerate, particularly sees great opportunities in the Philippines' infrastructure space, especially in airports. That's as Aboitis Ventures president and CEO Eramon Aboitis believes a growing middle class wearing to travel will drive growth in the local tourism sector. So as tourism increases in the country, you know, more airports will be required, the passenger volume will increase and all of that. So for us, Aside from a growing economy and, you know, a Filipino having more uh, um, disposable income and spending more money traveling, the influx of tourism, I think, is going to drive a lot of growth in that sector. Because we think, we think tourism will boom in this country. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's a way of playing that. There's no reason why we, we can't, right? Uh, we have a beautiful country. Japanese firms based in the Philippines also note doing business in the country continues to be favorable, citing human capital as one of the Philippines' strengths. That's according to the latest survey by the Japan External Trade Organization in Manila, or JETRO. Respondents, however, flagged possible reforms in the tax system as well as customs clearance as some of their main concerns. Ron Cruz, ABS-CBN News. The Philippine Customs Bureau vows tighter watch on the country's ports following President Rodrigo Duterte's ban on vaping. As Dino Pontiorig reports, a local e-cigarette industry association expresses willingness to work with government to regulate vaping. Vulnerable itong vaping. Ewan ko sinong demonyo nag-invento niyan. Pinapahanap po ang extrajudicial killing. Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte defending his sweeping ban on vaping in public. Amid mounting criticisms against his order, Duterte adamant that vape products are harmful as it contains nicotine and unknown chemicals not regulated by the Food and Drugs Administration. Duterte also justifies the manufacturing and importation of tobacco products. He says tobacco products are taxed and regulated by the government, unlike e-cigarettes and vapes. The Philippine Customs Bureau now keeping a tighter watch on the country's ports to prevent the entry of vape products. Customs Assistant Commissioner Jet Marunilla says they are coordinating with the Health Department and the Food and Drugs Administration, which is also preparing its own memo banning vape products. All items now that are coming in that are vape and vape products will be subject to, to seizure already. So we've already updated our uh, risk parameters already. Uh, to effect a, a, uh, a more stringent treatment against uh, products that are that will be identified as vape products as well as other modus that are being used in order to bring in these particular products. Lawmakers also in full support of President Duterte's order. Senate Ways and Means Committee Chairperson Senator Pia Cayetano says, aside from including vape products in the syntax bill, which seeks to increase excise taxes for alcohol and tobacco products. She's also looking to ban the sale of e-cigarettes to minors and either banning or restricting its advertisements. Senator Sherwin Gachelian also plans to file a separate bill 
to regulate the e-cigarette industry in the Philippines. The Philippine E-Cigarette Industry Association, meanwhile, says it is willing to work with government to regulate vaping. The group says while it supports President Duterte's ban on vaping in public spaces, the importation ban on vape products could force businesses to go underground. It also insists vaping is less harmful than cigarette smoking. We welcome taxation. The real danger is um, overly regulating or, like, for example, the importation ban. It will drive businesses underground instead of being a legitimate uh, businesses who pay taxes. Duterte banned the use of e-cigarettes in public areas after a 16-year-old girl allegedly suffered from respiratory injuries after five months of vaping. Malacanang has set to issue a formal document to enforce Duterte's order. Police said those caught using vapes in public would be given a warning but would not be arrested. Dino Ponte Rig, ABS-CBN News. And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.